0: Hello and welcome to Live Radio. Greetings and welcome to Live Radio.
1: Greetings, commanders.
0: Greetings, commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite Four,
2: known as Elite Dangerous, and the fantastic community that surrounds it. Broadcast
3: from an and hosted by a vending machines, Technician.
4: A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast,
5: two hours long, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy.
7: Greetings, commanders, and welcome to episode 444 of LAVE Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defiah, uh, Chief Archivist of LAVE Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the orange sideway to bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander LeVice, otherwise known as Ben Muswoodwood,
2: yeah, I, I've
7: survived twenty-four hours on a bus just to make it back. On the In mega Glasgow. bus. In the mega bus. Uh, we also have our staff liaison officer, Commander Psykit. Hello. We have our SRV Banksy, Commander Alec Turner. Good evening, space nerds. <laughs> and joining us for um, for this episode, we we're going to call him the Thargoid Analyst and we'd like to welcome commander ian doncaster hi (laughs) welcome on board now if you wish you can join us live we are hanging out in game in open uh where are we hanging about out ben
2: we are in plater's refuge in the hila system for obvious reasons
7: obvious reasons which we'll touch on later uh, so, you, if you can't get to us in game, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through live radio dot com slash live. Click on the live chat, or go straight to twitch tv slash live radio, or you'll find us streaming on Twitter, YouTube, and um Facebook because Facebook's being Facebook. a dick. Oh, face—we're not on Facebook.
2: Yeah, Facebook's being a dick, but nobody listens on Facebook anyway. We do get a
7: couple of likes on Facebook, surely. Or is that not important right now? Anyway.
2: Facebook's irrelevant. (laughs) Right, well,
7: um, let's quickly go around the teams, see how they've been for the last week, and eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Well, we can't let that bus comment go, Ben, so um, how was Glasgow?
2: (laughs) Uh, Glasgow is actually more like Aberdeen. Um, Although I... um I got an emergency. Ben, you need to get up and say hi to Aberdeen for a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I did that. Um, and that was all fine. I discovered something amazing that my grandmother does have a heart, even though it is giving up. Okay. Um, so, you know, yay for that. <laughs> um, I, whilst up in Aberdeen, um, I did go see the Across the Spider Verse film. And. My, I, I, I genuinely think it is probably the best film I've seen this year, and I would argue it's probably the best film I've seen since Avengers, uh, um, Endgame, Infinity War. Cool. Um, it was very, very good. Uh, Builds upon the the uh, Spider Verse film and takes it in a great direction. I, I loved it. I they, yeah, Sony knocked it out of the park. Basically, I really. Uh yeah, I really I loved it. And the you know just like the first one, it's uh Comic Association approved and the different styles of artwork that are in that movie are it's just fun it's it's a visual spectacular, it's beautiful. Um yeah, I could gush about that all day. Um I yeah, as I as I said earlier, I, I went I, I did go to Glasgow on the way back home. Um and had a nice burger. Uh, Grant managed to completely ignore me and avoided a nice burger. Um, <laughs> and then I, I I got the full Glasgow experience with you know drunken Celtic fans and the police coming around and escorting said drunken C- Celtic fans around. Uh, so that was that was fun um, dodging various pools of bl- bodily fluids. Um, mm.
8: Yeah. Thanks for sharing the photos, by the way.
2: Naturally. At least I blurred <laughs> them. You, know, you didn't have to click on the un- the spoiler picture. <laughs> and I could have gotten worse. Knowing <laughs> um, <laughs>
7: gla- um, Glasgow yeah. bus station as well as I do, well then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> probably quite um, an easy night, actually.
2: It probably was quite a quiet night. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, as I said, it's, it's it was a long trip, but... Yeah, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I made it, and I'm glad I made it back down again uh, safely. So that's all good fun, I guess, isn't it?
7: Yes, yes. I'm. We're glad that we're glad that he survived the bus trip because yes. just they're looking at you. You're doing what?
2: Yes. <laughs> but the, there was a guy who was sitting next to me on the bus who that morning, so Saturday morning at the crack of God knows what, um, went from London up to Edinburgh. Spent a few hours around Edinburgh, went over to Glasgow, and then was on the night bus back to London again. And I was That's, just like, You are, you are absolutely. Ma-. But he's only in the UK for three weeks. So it's like, yeah. fair play to you, but you are a nutter.
7: Yes, absolute mental. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. Okay.
8: Um, Commander and uh, Alec Turner, how have you been this week? Good evening. Yeah, I've been good, actually. Uh, uh, what did we do on Saturday? We went to um. Me and my wife went to Hatfield House, which we we live relatively close to Hatfield House, which is one of these sort of big old country houses that you can go to, and had a fabulous brunch, and then wandered around their gardens. What was interesting, what I thought was quite interesting about the gardens is um, they have lots of lawns. You know, not one massive lawn, but lots of separate lawns. Um, and they've got robot gardeners to uh, robot grass mowers to cut them all so every every lawn's got its own little docking station and a little robotic lawnmower um they've got loads of them it was was fascinating just watching those all busy themselves and scurry around the lawn so they did quite a good job actually Uh, yeah Sunday we went out for a family lunch with my 91 year old stepmom that was pretty funny because we were all coming from different directions and due to a um some confusion over who was picking her up. Very nearly all ended up at the restaurant without her, which would have been absolutely hilarious. I could just see us all arriving and going, minute, Where, where's Joan? But um, yeah, we, we remembered at the last minute and I zoomed off and we had a nice meal. So that was good. Uh, yeah. In-game, I went to Hilla for obvious reasons and visited a bunch of... Uh, the various stations platers, um, tyranny and so on and so forth and then while I was there noticed that because I hadn't spent that much time in the system but I noticed it's got six uh, atmospheric planets prime for exobiology nice uh, several with eight signals I think there's three with eight signals one with seven one with six it's uh, it's good stuff. <laughs> so I, I, I fancied staying in the system just to see, you know, who would turn up and who wouldn't. I just wanted to spend some time there anyway, so I decided it's one of these stupid moments where you make a sort of little vow to yourself. I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna scan all the exobiology in Hilla. Um as as it becomes a bit of a task, so I literally only finished doing that this morning. Um Oh, and I have an osseous story, because I, I promised Psyche on her live stream that I had an osseous story. So for those who haven't done much exobiology, the osseous is notable by being um, quite a solitary plant. So you see one perched on a, a mountain or they, they tend to favor these little sort of rocky ridges and things. And you think, right, that'll be my next plant. So you scan it and then off you go looking for osseus number two and osseus number three. <laughs> that can take days and you yeah. instantly regret scanning the first one. Anyway, I must, have been, I must have been drifting around this planet. So I'd scanned the first one, I got back in my ship, um, and off I set looking for the next one. And I must have been looking for a good 20 minutes, maybe. I finally see one in the distance. I get closer and closer, there it is. I'm looking for a place to land. Just as I'm looking for a place to land, you'll never guess what I saw next to this osseous. Another osseous. My own damn tire tracks. I'd gone round in a fucking circle. <laughs> it's a
7: it's a good job that you know the the tire tracks are still there because you know <laughs>
8: yeah. why is not this not working? Yeah. Anyway, that's so that's what I've been up to. <laughs> yeah, It's like
7: it. How are you? Hi.
1: I'm good. I'm good. Um uh we what have I been up to? Um this weekend I watched I watched the formula 1. It was all right. It was oh. all right. It was it was it was all right. I got I I got I feel like I got heat stroke by being out in the sun for like an hour on Sunday afternoon and got halfway through the grand prix and just went to bed. So I didn't get to see um Lewis and spoiler alert i didn't get to see lewis and george on the podium um, but um it yeah i haven't it, it it was it's just been it's been really nice weather hasn't it um mm. i've been doing lots of um things involving rainbows and um it's been been really nice because um twitch um asked me if um I would like to be um be included as sort of like one of the re- one of the representatives of the Twitch like queer community on a front page shelf, which has been really awesome and it's re- a really beautiful to have been asked and even more beautiful to be included when I've only been out for like two years. So um yeah, it it's it's a lovely, nice welcoming community. Um woohoo, woohoo queers, way! Um in game Um, the last, um, the last system that Operation Witch Hunt can, um, kick Azimuth Biotech out of without there being some kind of hand wavy which leaves, um, which leaves Azimuth in systems either the only faction. There's um, they're locked behind mine, or they are um, they own a mega ship. Um, is One Drama, and that went into retreat. Um, they went into retreat from One Drama, I think on Thursday or Friday, one of those two days. And um, I've just been doing a lot of stuff against um, Azimuth Biotech um, for um, my old, the old witch hunt nonsense um but yeah that's about it
8: Nice Ding dong, The Witch Hunt is not dead.
1: No, it hasn't been dead for a really long time. There's um there there are a couple of other factions that are up, uh, up in there, but we've been slowly chipping away and just um just doing stuff, um, which is really it's been really, really nice really heartening to see because I've been it it's given me back in the day when we were like proper ham, I didn't really have a lot of time to be able to dedicate to other products and like all of the I mean it's June. It's a pretty gay month. So so i've been doing a lot of gay shit um, and um it's been um it's been nice to not have to have so much of a of like a, a big hand in it and i'm watching everything but it's just been ticking ticking over really nicely and we've managed to um us and other groups who are also working towards a common goal have managed to get them to this point so it's really lovely and it's um it's a nice final hurdle until the story progresses and we have to fight salvation in his Guardian Mexico.
7: Oh, so we just await a week that um <laughs> a, yeah. a week that
1: yeah, behind that mine shit. will <laughs> have
4: a go at that.
7: <laughs> um, Ian, welcome to Leave Radio. I think this is the first time we've had you on.
4: It is, yes.
7: Okay. Yes. Hello. Uh, what have you been up to for the last week in game and out?
4: Um I mean, I'll, I've mainly just been enjoying the nice weather um, <laughs> in the first time for a while. It's, I'll just sit down in the garden and have it be nice and sunny. And in-game, still trying to figure out what's going on with the good moment. We've got, we've got stuff mostly pinned down, but there's still some weird stuff going on there that we don't have an explanation for yet. Intriguing. What Fantastic. sort of what
8: sort of what, what we might come onto this later, I suppose. But what sort of things are, uh, are still mystifying you?
4: So over the last kind of six months, we've been working to figure out you know what what are they up to, what what are they doing? Um, are they are they going anywhere in particular? Are they going particular systems? Is for a limit to how fast they can go. All that sort of stuff. And we thought we had it nailed down pretty well. Um, you know, we've got to a point where sometimes we could say, these are the systems that they will put into alert next week and I could be right. Which um yeah, pretty good. Except then <laughs> for no apparent reason, one week Maelstrom had had only put out four alerts rather than five. Interesting. And it did this for three weeks in a row and went then went back to normal. Um that was a bit weird. We didn't figure out a lot about why it had done it. We might rule out quite a lot of things it wasn't. And then last week, well, this week, I guess, Elstrom 4, again, only four alerts. I've plenty of space to put five. It didn't. Any theories on that? <sighs>
1: It, um, it, might, it, might, it might be worth holding that until. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, otherwise we into we're going to be we're going to like not have anything to talk about later.
8: That's very true. Um, right, hold that thought. <laughs>
4: Yeah, no problem. Yeah, we, we L- have lost
1: L- but <laughs> <laughs> we, we have we have lost Colin very, very um momentarily, but I'm sure he will come back. But I think if we move over to um what the devs have said this week, and then um, when Colin um returns he can come, come back on that. Um on Friday we had um we had update fifteen point oh two announced, which came out of bloody nowhere
8: didn't it just yeah didn't see this one coming at all
1: it was it so I, exciting, no? super exciting super exciting and also like the promise of it, it being quite a substantial substantial update without um without anything anything else other than it's gonna, it's gonna be pretty it's gonna be pretty good it'll be it'll be good for you which um made everyone quite excited um and then we on also on friday we like as usual we had paul crowther's galnet news roundup which was always beautiful um and then on monday we had our patch which went through pretty well
8: as far as i thought it was a bloody awesome patch can i just backtrack i've literally just read something that i would never realized before in that announcement of the update um sally made a comment about it being quite sizable for a point update and there was a mm-hmm. lot of chin stroking mm, i wonder what's coming that um you know i've just realized she was referring to the update notes and not necessarily the update itself <laughs> i never realized that before i thought it was the update <laughs> no How the
1: funny. update was like the
8: update was like nine uh, lesson uh, well, it was quite small right wasn't it <laughs> I don't know. It, it it seems to update. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it, it did it. Did, it did it quite quickly. But then I I have I have decent internet, so I'm I'm quite fortunate in that everything kind of updates quite quickly. Um, what an I,
8: update, then. I mean, this yeah. pair, this. I mean, update fifteen and the two point releases have just been just a fantastic collection of bug fixes.
1: So I, I feel like I feel like we have a we have this situation where it's. Um, uh, the the big thing on the um 15.02 was the thrusters though right I, are we would we be fair in saying that do you think
8: yeah i didn't realize quite how widespread that the, the pain caused by that was I, I i felt like maybe it was niche that maybe only the sort of buckyballers and a few others were sort of really aware of it and i've heard quite a few people saying i'd didn't didn't seem not to even notice what it was so so i thought oh that's cool they fixed one of our little bugs but the reaction to it seemed to be um huge i was quite surprised at the number of people who were vocally delighted about that bug fix
1: i didn't realize that it was broken until it was fixed I don't know I don't know if that makes sense to anybody
8: else. Um, I saw you experiencing its fixedness on, was... on, on Twitch, so I know exactly what you mean. Suddenly <laughs> going, Oh, this I can land a cutter now. I didn't realise I wasn't supposed to be able to before.
1: <laughs> but, like how have, how have I lived with the cutter being that sluggish all of the time? <laughs> you know? It's,
7: it's maybe you're you know. just maybe you just always used to it. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I think, because apparently it's been broken for quite some time, hasn't it? It has, yeah.
7: unfortunately. So um,
1: maybe maybe I've just, like, blocked out the good bit from my mind, and I'm just like, okay. M-
8: makes sense.
2: What, what was the problem with the Cutter, sorry? It was it's well, every it, ship.
8: It wasn't just the Cutter. But basically, if you were, if you were... Uh, it, people did quite a lot of research to f- try and pin down exactly when and when it didn't occur. But but basically, if you were in an instance that contained landing pads somewhere around, I think that was a thing, so around a fleet carrier or around a planetary port or um, obviously rotating stations, but not necessarily, then your ship's lateral thrusters could be very weak unless you turned off rotational correction. So if you, because I've noticed it on a lot of sort of Buckyballers videos of runs and things, you know, people like Shay or so it's you know, basically maybe.
2: That's why, why whenever you're trying to land your cutter or other ship, it feels quite drifty.
8: Yes. Sometimes you'll be coming into the pad, you've maybe sort of come in slightly from the side, so you've turned yourself around and you're sort of drifting slightly sideways towards your pad and then you apply the opposite thrust to stop and it does absolutely nothing and you just drift straight past your pad and you're thinking, what the hell's the matter with my bloody thrusters? Um, It was that.
2: I always just assumed I was being shit.
7: Does that that explain the drifty um, standard uh, Cobra then? Because every time I've flown the, the regulation
8: Cobra, it drifts like crazy. I suspect it won't explain all drifting. And any drifting oh. that you still experience is, is your own ineptitude and not a fault of the game. <laughs> a thousand percent,
1: a thousand, a thousand percent. But it does, It it felt it felt like it felt like I wasn't the amount of times i've been like why is it not doing anything why am i relying on hopes yeah. and prayers rather than the actual tools that i have in game?" so that's it's quite quite re- rewarding
2: actually i know this is something that the buckyballers won't be able to answer about but does this also explain why especially larger ships autopilot suck so hard at getting out of the docks recently I th- I
8: think so. Yeah, I, think so. Yes, I think,
2: know you know, I know I they so. like thrust up all the way and then I guess <laughs> they're meant to stop in the middle. And the number of times my Imperial cutter has just slammed into the roof of the other side of the station afterwards. I've
1: had yeah, I have that with I, my I clipper like, as well. Yeah. I feel like auto dock on the bigger ships is now less bad.
2: <laughs> I I I want to go and summon my, my cutter now, but I also don't because I don't really need it here, but I want to try. <laughs>
7: Uh, yeah, the amount of people that got really excited about that fix was, was uh, that that seemed to be the highlight on the entire thing. But there were some nice other
8: things in there as well. Yeah, sure were. Mm. Pulse Wave Analyzer, I mean, I haven't been back mining, but I know that's been going on for, it feels like years. People yeah. said oh. Pulse Wave Analyzer didn't work anymore. So. Oh, it's been since update 12, which is what, oh, more than a year ago?
9: hmm
7: and uh, yeah, so that's good to see because now I can use the pulse wave analyzer in in the Maelstrom just to have a look at those those rocks you, in you the Maelstrom. The bits. Mm. and it'll <laughs> be interesting to see whether or not the Thargoids take any notice of you if you fire a
8: pulse wave. Hmm. Do we think? Sorry, I was going to. Uh, this good of time is into to erase this. These, these these point updates have been. Brilliant. And I love the fact that they're addressing some sort of um, fairly old bugs. Mm -hmm. Finally, it feels great to have these sort of things fixed. I've seen some sort of speculation of, you know, people sort of saying this is a great new direction. Can't wait for the next one. Do you think there will be a 15.03? Personally, I don't. I feel like both of these, there's a bit of a pattern here with Frontier that when they make an update, Mm -hmm. so in this case, update 15, if there are things broken in the kind of headline feature of the update they've literally just released, then they're very focused on doing a point update to fix those issues. Yes, but once issues kind of become old, they they tend to stay old, if you know <laughs> what I mean. I mean, it's lovely that finally they've addressed some old ones, but I feel like I'm I'm just, I was just looking back on patch notes, so I feel like fifteen point zero one was essential because um, the scouts were going berserk and there was an issue with the engineering, the caustic sink launcher, and there was a thing with propulsion elements. So there was some sort of fairly headline features that needed fixing update 15. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like 15.02 was almost essential as well because of uh, what? There was something in it that I thought, oh, that's why they've done this patch. But I feel like maybe they're done now, and I'm, I'm not expecting a 15.03. Yeah, um,
7: I uh, agree with you on this one. It does seem that what happens is that uh, maybe it's the nature that they do their, their development work is that they've, they, they try and get the headline feature in. Uh, then they'll keep on fixing the headline feature until basically they're ha- well they're, they're happy with it or they've run out of time. And if they have time left over, then they'll put in old fixes.
8: Yeah, actually, a quick thanks to Shay who's reminded me. Yeah, the fifteen point oh two. I mean, basically, the system map was really quite broken. I mean, really quite badly broken. So I think they had to fix that. I yeah, that I mean, it must have the reason for O2. Yeah, the, the system. Oh go anyway. on, psych, yeah.
1: I was gonna say when did when did they say that we were going to get our next like update 16?
7: They haven't yet. They said They did. Uh, no, they did, didn't they? They,
1: they did, say, yeah. I yeah. said, so w- was it was it August or was it July? Because if it was August, I might expect a 1503. If it's July, probably not.
7: When did you hear this? Because all I a, remember um, I thought that Frameshift Live, I knew he announced that Update 16 was coming on Frameshift Live, and he said that in the next one they might give him a sneaky peek. But I didn't think he gave any sort of timescales.
1: I'm sure he did. I'm, no, sure I'm not sure. Was... No,
8: I think I'm with Colin. I don't know that we have a date. We just knew it was going to be sooner than expected. Why did we think that? Because they were going to give us a sneak peek. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because if they're going to give us a sneak
7: peek, then, yeah, uh, bring it on. But I, I got a sneak yeah, no,
1: that's right. That's right. Apathos is right. He said on the next um, thingy update, they might be able to give us a date on the next update.
7: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I'm glad that, I'm, that I heard that about update 16 because, you know, update 15 came along. I knew there was, there was something, but it, it was nice to actually just had it confirmed because it, you know what this community is like sometimes. If, the, if, you, if you don't hold out the carrot, and say something like that, then um, your people think that the carrots are already rotten.
2: Yeah, I mean, no doubt if they hadn't gone off and said, you know, update 16 soon, you know, people would be saying, yeah, it's a dead game, mate. <laughs> They're saying that anyway.
1: It's a dead game. It's always a dead game.
8: <laughs> what do you think would be in 1503? Like a- I don't know. M- no. More, more... Just more like, stuff. More like, good more, stuff. More,
1: they'd like... <laughs> Check the bugs list. Yeah, Some of right. them, maybe I
7: don't know. Yeah, there's there's a there's a couple of um, outstanding bugs that I I hope I I've hoped that they'd fix in fifteen. Uh, and of course, when this was announced, the poor Sally she got <laughs> absolutely hammered on the forum saying, "Oh, that's very nice, but what about my particular bug?" <laughs> you know, and, and everybody started listing it, and poor Sally was like, "Oh, I'm taking
8: notes. I'm taking notes, and I'll pass it back because that's all she matters. can do. Yeah. Every every patch notes. It's like, yeah. What about my bug? How yeah. Cool. What can you well, do? For you all, it
2: was all about me oh well
8: yeah. i mean it's like those wind gene bastards that complain about quality of life fixes honestly yeah it
1: absolutely <laughs> is it you is it about really those, those fuckers who think that quality of life means anything other than quality of life
8: i am so sorry sally you know it was a nice week it was a fantastic patch note the last thing you needed is pedantic assholes like me quibbling about quality of life
1: <laughs> Mansplaining what words mean <laughs> fuck me
7: well, it's just
8: people's the different definitions. The thing is, you know... No, like, no, no, hey, the thing
1: is, no, the thing is, put it to bed and lie in it. All right. The
8: thing <laughs> is, it was on the internet and I was <laughs> right. So what can you do?
2: <laughs> you can beat that dead horse. That's what you can do.
7: Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I mean, I must admit, like, have you got it out of your system now? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I must admit, there, there was a point when I said there's lots of quality of life things coming, and I, I thought, oh, and
2: everybody... It
1: improves the quality of my life!
2: <laughs> I can, being fair to Alec, I yes. can understand where he's coming from. Where... No, I can't,
1: no, let's not be fair to any of no, you I'm be Any of you entitled little pictures
2: can sit the bug Because oh. Frontier have traditionally said, these are bugs, and we are fixing bugs. And then they've said, this is going to be a a minor improvement to the game. And they have specified that rather than just, you know, it's quality of life, mate.
1: But then, when we, when people, when they started saying, "Oh, we're going to be fixing minor improvements and doing things to the game," people were like, "Oh, don't say that! <laughs> it just says minor <laughs> improvements, and you need to be specific." You can't be happy for that. Right? <laughs> That's literally what I hear when you start
9: talking.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I am being an asshole for the effect. Oh, of course. <laughs> I do still think that you're all wankers though of that. Helps.
2: As I said to Alec, well you know, basically what you said earlier is like, you know, is the game worse? If not, shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs>
8: <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm hearing that I should be keep quiet I'm so sorry Alec <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's right You've got a big stick out And decide to
7: beat poor Alec down, down to a puddle of mush that's back nice. now and go I'm so so sorry <laughs> yeah, Apologising to mush Well done <laughs> uh, Yeah I mean yeah, it all depends On what your definition of quality of life Improvements are And about different it and then some people's are different so, and things,
8: but we But put it this way we're all very happy with what we got yes. <laughs> i would like yes, to make it very clear that i absolutely love these point updates and also that sally is a wonderful person <laughs> <laughs>
7: Oh my goodness. Uh, okay, Alec, you've, you've, you've laid it on thick enough now, okay?
8: Yeah, I think you've apologized. Please can I have a bucky little plug on the live stream now?
2: he <laughs> <laughs> got one anyway. because mm. he mentioned about four times the other week. <laughs> He's like, Alex won this, and Alex won yeah, this. I've oh, and Alec, I think, is doing one
8: thing. You wait, I won't get my name mentioned once next week. <laughs>
7: I mean, you just might be referred to as that Turner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, they sp- at least they can pronounce your name.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> can you pronounce Alex's name? The joy's Moving still on. out on
7: that one. <laughs> mm. Anyway. Uh, looking through the rest of the uh, additional fixes of note, um, there's one thing that I did see was the slight adjustments have been made to the tactics by various thargoid vessels, so they don't become ineffective at dealing at targets in locations that the ship won't willingly navigate close to the carcasses along the structure of a Titan. Does that mean there's nowhere to hide in a Titan now?
1: No, you can still hide it. It's, well, we'll test it out on Thursday. Uh, no, hang on. No, wait. We're Monday today. We'll test it out on Monday. Um, <laughs>
2: tuesday
1: today love yeah sorry no monday was the day that i did it sorry that was my um uh, my uh uh articulation getting sucked um but we it was uh it's still you can still hide we tested it pretty thoroughly i managed to get out twice if anything if anything it's slightly easier now Ooh, all right. because you don't get two pulses as you're going in anymore um, which is I got three
7: there. last time.
1: Well, was someone else in there?
7: Uh, oh, actually, yes, there was. I didn't if, so, if someone else is in <laughs> there.
2: It's so dodgy.
1: Yeah, if someone else is in there, that changes everything. You get pulse upon pulse. But if you're the first person in there, um, I tried it two times, so obviously this is um, the case and it will not change it at all for anyone. But um, on the two times that I did it, I only got one pulse going in. Which so
2: basically, you don't want to hit a, t- th- a Titan's sloppy seconds. I just knew he was going to go there I just,
7: oh There's
1: there's an anus joke in there somewhere and I can't find it
2: And there's cheese I believe as well Something like that, yeah
7: Oh dear Yeah, so uh, (laughs) uh, One of the things that I did this week and you can actually see my absolute frustration is having to I I spent an hour trying to get into the maelstrom I got hammered by glaives uh, a bad joystick and my incompetence uh, until I finally got there. Uh, but the silent running trick? I didn't try the silent running trick. I just panicked and, and ran away, and it didn't it work. Silent that running works.
1: trick definitely works. Silent running, heat, um, heat sink, boom, you can get away. Go, go to the other side of the Titan, job done.
7: No, this wasn't in uh, uh, the Titan. This is just in Bloomin' Predictions.
1: Oh, yeah. Have you tried using the silent ECMs?
8: The EC- I don't have enough space on, the, on my ship for the ECM.
1: Oh, you're going to you, need to. You're
8: don't gonna need, need to get ECMs. Them. Don't need ECMs. Silent running and they never get a missile thrown at you.
1: Totally disagree. Had that happen on Monday.
8: Really? Mm-hmm. Were you very quick? Were you very quick with your. I was, in my, I was in
1: my cutter. I was in my cutter.
8: Were you very quick to, to hit silent running?
1: I believe so.
8: Because I found that is, the, that is the key. Hit it the instant you get control of your ship back. And then boost away and the glaives don't know you're there. Probably. Well, worth me to, every time but the testing required. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well so that that sounds fun. So
7: um uh yeah. I mean one of the problems that I had of during the weekend was oh just I mean, has the are the glaives still as nasty in this in this patch? Because I haven't had yep. a chance to play since Yep. So the they're still as nasty. They haven't dialed it down or anything like that. Nope. no no right okay i, I just have to um <clears throat> prepare myself next time i go into these things i am beginning to despise glaives really <laughs> uh, yeah i must yeah, admit i'm, I'm, I'm really f- angry and they
1: interrupt your material gathering it's annoying
7: <laughs> when i was uh, uh addicted on my third attempt i thought oh god here we go again after being this is going to sound so dodgy, being double glaved every time, and then all of a sudden a Medusa jumps in and I go oh thank god for that
1: Yeah, you're never so happy to see a swarm <laughs> oh my god
7: I've never oh, been with that yeah exactly, I can't wait for
1: those there's no problem
7: uh, yeah I mean right, well going back to the patch quickly um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see a point three, and and I think Maybe a slight balance to the glaive, and probably a lot more of the of the issue tracker, especially especially CQC. But um, uh, what about everybody else? Was, was there anything that you'd like on a point three out of the way?
1: Um, I figure we could probably do a whole show based on that. So I'm going <laughs> to remain quiet based on hashtag content.
7: Fair enough. Right. Okay. Then we will move on. Um, as soon as I find that. <laughs> everything's gone dark on this house, my my machine is is just playing silly buggers. Um, right, yeah, there was a, a web version of the notes, which should be sticking around after the forum version gets unsticky. On um, the one thing that uh, I have noticed on the forums quite a lot recently is there's started certain people have started um, bringing back old threads. <laughs> into the announcement section, so when this morning when there there was a, an announcement in the uh, <laughs> in the news and bulletin section saying updated roadmap, everyone quickly jumped on it, and of course it was um, Arthur's post from more than a year ago.
1: It was 2021, uh, I think. It was like December 2021. His post,
7: yeah. And he's just there thinking, "Oh, don't do that!" I got excited then, and they're, they're carrying on doing it. They're finding as many old posts as they can that sound great. So, and then you put it up, and they go, "That was almost two years ago." <sighs>
8: Did you see the way that Paul closed
2: it? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, oh, oh God, love his necromancy.
8: As much as I personally appreciate dabbling in necromancy, this thread has expired a bit too long for viable reanimation. Constructive feedback is always welcome, but if we can keep it to a slightly fresher threads so the files don't block out the messages, that would be awesome.
1: (laughs) Flies, but I get the the, the gist. Oh, flies, sorry. Flies because of the rotting corpse of the thread would be the flies.
8: Got it. Yeah, that makes
7: more sense. Yeah we well, you, you you can tell that Alex knocked really into his, his his dead bodies.
1: I mean I mean some people have gotta have a hobby.
7: <laughs> right, well um overall positive reaction I think to the uh <laughs> to the patch and uh it's very nicely put out and very um smoothly Distributed. I don't think there was a single problem, or anybody reported a problem. Anyway, yep. so yay, thumbs up. Keep it up, Frontier. More, please. <laughs> They're probably they going. Oh no, Labour Radio said they want more. God, get they to... They not to us.
2: <laughs> dead show, mate.
7: Dead show, dead. All right, it's dead game and dead show now, is it? <laughs> right. I think we'll shall we move on to the community news. Um, right. First off. Uh, we have Ascorbius doing The Aftermath. Uh, this is uh, a project that Ascorbius has been working on for quite a while, him off the broadcast, uh, and he's got a trailer together from it. So, um, yeah, there's, we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, has anybody had a chance to see this yet?
1: Yeah, it's really good. It's going to be really good. Scorb's a genius.
8: It is, isn't it? There's, there's, there's a lot going on in that trailer. That's, that's pretty uh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is going to be epic, I think.
2: Score does do great stories and machinima content though, so, and he always has.
8: Yeah, I mean, with his friend
7: uh, uh, Turin's travels, Turin, Turin, yeah, Turgin. Turgin. Um, yeah. <laughs> they've been pushing those uh, machinima uh, boundaries for quite a while. This is. It's really beginning to uh, pay dividends for them, isn't it? Um no, we have something new. A new listening post slash planet base slash logs have been discovered in HIP eight three seven eight eight, just under um
8: a thousand light years from Sol. Um who found this? I popped this in, um just it was just a thing that popped up on the thread on on the forum. It was kind of interesting because I, I I sort of don't I, I confess I don't pay that much attention to listening posts and things, uh-huh. but, um. But I noticed this thread and it seemed to gain some traction and and yeah, it was a, a brand new set of three listening posts and I think they tend to triangulate a planet and on the planet there's a, a base and on the base are some logs. Um, what I found kind of intriguing in the the forum thread is it it reminded people that I think it was David Braben a long time ago said there are things in the game that people haven't found yet Uh, Mm -hmm. and this was a nice example of one that's probably been there forever.
2: Do we have any indications from the content or anything how long it's been about?
1: So it doesn't have audio logs so that... (sighs) would potentially be an indication and with the fact that you're triangulating from listening posts, that would potentially be an indication that it's a little while back. I know. think
8: it also ties in, I haven't I haven't spoiled myself and, and even looked at the logs. I'm going to go there and find them for myself. But I believe it ties into some of the other much older lore in the game. So it, so it suggests it's been there for years, I think.
9: I don't, I don't
1: no? I, I feel like it's pretty. It's one of those ones where you go to it, and it doesn't necessarily have to tie into anyone. Oh, it's okay. just like a, a, a the the tail end of a story or something that's happened. Maybe mm-hmm. just something a little bit creative to find within the galaxy. That kind of thing. Um, I don't. I, there's no. There's not really a reference to anything. But um, it's a. Uh, um, it, it's a nice. It's one of those things where it's one of those little self contained bits, and I like those
8: okay, cool. Have you seen it? Do you know what's in there? uh yes, I do know what's in there okay, cool. All right. you speak from I don't yeah know. we we will
7: we will not spoil it for people um although <laughs> knowing galnet news is probably in, uh, in there but um yeah uh, it it does look as if it is old content because it's on a horizon style planet um mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's. It's still nice to. It's still nice that these things are being discovered. I, I love mean, it.
8: Actually, to visit it in Legacy and see if it's carefully placed, because a lot of these things were carefully placed in Legacy, so that they're in you know in a valley or in the middle of a crater or something. And of course, when you visit them in Odyssey, they're just in the middle of a flat bit of landscape.
7: Hmm. Yeah.
8: So, yeah. Interesting.
7: Part of the baking-in pro- process, I suppose, yeah. Um, right, well, know the Thargoid Glaive, that much-mentioned malign ship. Um, know thy enemy. It's a new video from uh, the... I think it's... it. Is it from the AXI, or is it from...
8: Yeah, it's it's a, somebody in the AXI. From the,
7: from the AXI. So basically, they have come up with a whole load of tactics which are needed in order... Um, or and how to deal with your glaive problem? <laughs> uh, yes, um, <clears throat> I must admit I did try and take it on with just some multi cannons the other the can other day. I think, well, uh, yeah, not well oh, enough. Sorry, though. sorry.
1: I can kill it with multi cannons. My bad.
7: color.
9: <laughs> I,
1: made, I made assumptions there. I wrote I wrote checks that I could not cash. And that is my problem. I do apologise.
8: It's good. Um, it's a good video, actually. It, it is. It um, yes. really is. Yeah. yeah. it
7: is good. Uh, so she, she's out to hammer all of us into puddles at the moment, isn't she?
1: Why? Right. I just feel I, I'm really enjoying this.
7: <laughs> <laughs> what have we done to hurt you, psychic?
1: I mean, we've
7: like, been
1: Continue on with the show. It's fine.
7: Okay. <laughs> Well, the other important thing about uh, this is that something
8: new starts on Saturday. Alec, over to you. Yes, it is Buckyball rated time again. So this Saturday running till the following Sunday. This is Skurs Tunnelish Vision, which I briefly touched on last week. Um, the forum thread is now up. Um, in the events section of the forum. So I guess you could find it there if you go to Racing. Just quickly check that URL, Buckyballracing.org.uk, there's a link there to the forum thread. Um, so this one is um, basically you have to take off from a start station which is in uh Gainsler station in the Finger system. Right. You just start there, and then you take off, and then you have to fly through in any order. It's a great selection of things. You have to fly through the ring that goes around an Empire capital ship. The Ooh, kind of habitation nice. thing, There's a little gap there, so you have to fly through that. Um, there's uh, a, I guess it's an Orbis port, and they have some rings they're almost like handrails until you get close and they're obviously much bigger than handrails that go right around the front of an orbis port you have to fly under both of those mm-hmm. um there's a capital ship and you have to fly through one of the gaps that goes right through the middle of its superstructure there's an open fire on you when you try and throw go that close not if you're fast all right fair enough It'll be fast um there's um, some tunnels, some installations where you've got to fly through a single tunnel. Um, there's a surface port, one of the big round surface ports, where you have to fly in through one of its tunnels and out through the other one. And then uh, there's a couple of bonuses as well. The One of these isn't too bad, so I'll read the second one first. The optional bonus two, which gets you 20 seconds off your time. Um, for, for, <laughs> for reasons, Skir has called this Turner's Tactical Bonus. And basically, you have to do any one of the above in reverse, so basically get yourself flying towards through flying towards one of these things and then do an f a off flip and go through it backwards and you 'll get a twenty second bonus for doing that um, The big bonus which you get a whole minute and a half off your time is to do a trench run Ooh. Now, if anybody uh, people who are keen on their flight assist off will probably know what I mean by a trench run. So on a Coriolis station, each of the edges has an internal trench that you can get into. So if you fly to the cor- one of the corners of Coriolis, you can poke your ship in through a gap and then you can fly along these inner trenches. And then I never knew you could do that. How, 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 what, how big a
7: ship
2: We've could you manage? We've been in there for years, Colin. Yeah,
8: it's bigger than you'd think. I, I think Skr has managed to get a... Did he get a cutter in there? He got something ludicrous. Sweet Jesus. It's bigger than you think, but it, it is a tight squeeze, when you're not experienced. What's interesting is because the whole station is obviously rotating.
9: Mm-hmm.
8: You're, you're moving along a trench, which isn't stationary so so going along a trench that's moving in space is is um, more complex than it sounds um and Skurz released a fantastic video today which is a tutorial on how to do it with flight assist on which is actually harder than well it is stuff in a way if you're used to yeah. flight assist yeah. off then then sort of momentum does a lot of the work for you whereas if you're flight assist on your ship wants to go in a straight line and this trench isn't going in a straight line it's 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 moving through space. So um anyway, you don't have to do that. That's just a bonus, but you'll get a minute and a half off if you do. That that sounds awesome. I'm gonna So you fly through all those tunnels and then you go back to the start and you land again. So there's only one landing in this race, which is kind of cool actually. You take off, do a whole bunch of stunts and then come back and land. Yeah. um,
2: how long does it take you to do a trench run? You gain a minute and a half, but if it takes you more than a minute and a
8: half, then you probably don't want to do it.
2: Yeah. How long does it take you to do it?
8: Do you know, I haven't tried a single trench. What I have done is spent a lot of time going round and round, but you've only got to do one of them. I, I mean, I can do it in under a minute and a half, I would hope, but probably not much under a minute. Hmm, I don't know. It's it, They're not the sort of things you, you would boost along unless you're a flipping expert, frankly. I think the only person I've ever seen boost along a trench run is um, Sanderling. Hmm. I'm sure there are a few that can do it.
7: Right. So it's my my aim to see how many regulation cobras I lose
8: trying to do a a trench run then.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I think everyone should give a trench run a
8: go before abandoning it and going, I won't bother with that bonus because it is is fun. All of a sudden, I feel that
7: I'm going to just be like Darth Vader's wingman.
8: (laughs) There's so much detail the that you don't see in a Coriolis. When you when you get in the trench, you know there's there's windows and gantries and there's so much detail around the edge of a Coriolis. It's astonishing. I'm gonna to have to do that in VR then. Just Yes. Just yes. Just, just to Definitely. see.
7: Right. Well, um, now, if you have a community event taking place soon uh, and would like to shout about it across the airways, you can tweet the crew at Lave Radio or email info at radiocom But I um, would like to end this section, of course, by um, paying tribute to uh, one of our own content creators, and that would be Commander Joe uh, Plater, who unfortunately uh, passed away uh, earlier this week due to um well everybody who, who knows him has knows what he was fighting um so i'm going to hand over to um psyche so here because she's spent a lot of time putting well putting together something
1: yeah so um and apologies if i can't get through this um but we um we had a big conversation about what we wanted to do and what we want because we wanted to do something for joe because he's so special and such a wonderful person and um i was really lucky a couple of years ago to sit down with joe and have a conversation with him as part of fight assist and i figured let's go back and listen to some of that and i'd like to play some of that for you now okay it will be it will be with you in a second um it was a really nice conversation i'm i am planning on going back and completely remastering the whole episode cuz it does need a remaster um
7: yeah i mean the thing that uh, Joel was was good at was he was able to put everything in 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 such clear terms uh i mean his his presentation skills mm-hmm. uh with elite dangerous and is 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 uh, obviously his is Vlogs. They are, um, there's something that uh, I think is a life lesson to everybody because uh, Yeah. I, I just hope that if, if I have to deal or face the same thing, I can hope just manage exactly. with, with the same level of
1: 100%, Colin.
7: 100%. That he managed.
1: I hear you.
3: Yeah. Are we ready? I think so. Okay. I referred a lot to the British Thyroid Foundation uh, for a source of information is there something that I can do what if I do a charity live stream I thought I could do 24 hours was so what I thought I, I can stay up, I can stay awake playing Elite Dangerous for 24 hours and <laughs> I don't know why I thought I could do that what an idiot, I'm like, what an absolute idiot so I said yeah I'll do that and I did it once and it was a great success and you know we raised kind of three and a half thousand pounds i was like cool you know what i'll do another one next year that year came around i did it again and raised eight and a half thousand pounds i'm like that is wow that's mental that's absolutely crazy so then it comes around i'm like right i've probably got one more in me and this was after i'd had the um the diagnosis i was like i've probably got one more in me um i I'd, I'd completed Uh, chemotherapy and I was like cool I've got this time where I'm not on treatment I am just essentially living life and I'm going to do it I'm going to freaking go for it and I did it and I did this 24 hours and called it Challenge Plater Um, and over the course of these 24 hours I was joined by loads of different content creators but yeah like you know loads of people from the community turned up and um, you know I was seen across the line by um, perhaps like 500 people watching and and i was in voice with loads of people and you know, by that point i'd been awake for over 24 hours and i just thought this is this is this is nuts this is actually can't believe i have managed to do this and then um my mum came into chat and she said she's not voice chat but in, bit in text and she just said it's mad to think that this time last year we were worried that you couldn't that you wouldn't be able to talk ever again and here you are having spoken constantly for 24 hours and i was like oh god my heart why did you do that like oh, don't react to it don't read it out loud don't say you've seen it because because when you get that tired and you've done something like this where it's just gone everything has gone perfectly there wasn't a single thing that went wrong no tech issues um and you know i was just like this is this has worked we've raised a crap ton of money and oh, it's like don't cry don't cry don't cry oh no and then i did you know. i Ah, I cried at the end of the stream so what and Like I did and I kind of had this, this emotional talk with everyone and say, look you know I, I don't know how much time I've got I don't know how long I'll be here for but I do hope I'm here for as long as I can be and um, you know at the end of the stream I got contacted by the British Science Foundation they say we watched it we saw it we think you're incredible and then they announced they've done a research award named the Joe Plater Research Award and it was available Um, I think they closed closed the availability mid-April so they're kind of picking the the project they want to work on and it's £20,000 to go towards a project uh, specifically to help and benefit the diagnosis and treatment of thyroid cancer and it's great to know that you know I've raised about £20,000 and all of it all of that is going into researching this horrible disease and that's like car that's a thing that's a really cool thing and that is like one of those moments where you're like huh did good you know i did a good thing and it's 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 a bit of a legacy which is the kind of all you really have at the end of the day you know it's can't take any stuff with you but we can leave behind is this thing that hopefully will help thousands of people
0: we all know what it's like you're busy managing your settlement when suddenly the alarms go off oh no that's right a commander with a federation naval rank of admiral an imperial king no less has landed in a ship worth over 100 million credits and is killing all your staff while they look around for a 10 credit adhesive to glue an upgraded scope to their 100,000 credit assault rifle they fly away with their super glue and you're left with a problem are you going to get your agricultural plant back up and running? How am I going to get my plant up and running? How are you going to find staff at short notice? <sighs> How am I going to find staff at short notice? How are you going to deal with all those bodies? There's bodies everywhere. I understand the carpet. Wonder no longer. Call Harry's Crime Scene Cleanup Services.
1: Hello, I'm Harry. For mine. After a sudden increase in robberies and murders by commanders... Since 3307, I've gained valuable expertise in cleaning up bodies, recruiting new staff and restocking stationary lotters. Now you can benefit from my experience. By signing up to our Crime Scene Cleanup Service subscription plan.
0: That's right. For only a small monthly fee, when your settlement alarms are activated, our rapid response cleanup crew will be dispatched, along with our patented Cadaver Scoop 150. The Cadaver Scoop 150 can be mounted to surface reconnaissance vehicles and skimmers to make tidying up your settlement a breeze. Wow. Well, the bodies are gone. Our recruitment team has potential new employees on standby across the galaxy, ready to fill your vacant roles in security, logistics, administration, processing, and more. I plan to operational again. Thanks, Aries Crime Scene Cleanup Services. Aries Crime Scene Cleanup Services. We'll have your settlement as good as new before the next ship arrives. Kadamar Scoop 150 disposal bags sold separately. Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy Have
1: you found yourself in a spot of bother with those Xenos messing up your backyard?
0: Oh, why are there Fargoids in my system?
1: Can't leave the house without fear of a hyperdiction?
0: Can't even get to work, not that they've noticed, because everything's on fire there too
1: sick of the amount of time it takes to scrub the caustic damage from those hard to reach places
0: Oh, f**k, oh, it f**king hurts fuck, oh.
1: Introducing Dr Pope's Caustic Burn Cream Apply a few drops to the affected area and feel the euphoria of instant relief After that, just wash the burn away
0: It's like it was meant to happen
1: It's so good, you can even use it on your ships
0: Thanks, Dr. Pope. My ship smells brand new.
1: Dr. Pope's Caustic Burn Cream. The miracle that can happen. Side effects may include dizziness, constipation and itching sensation, worship of an obviously aggressive false deity, death and loss of sense of smell. Should you experience any of these symptoms, please contact your doctor immediately. Not Dr. Pope though, he's busy.
7: And welcome back. Um, right, we'll we'll just quickly go over what's been happening with the in-game events this week. Um, the Pulse Wave Xenoscanner Scanner was officially launched on Thursday, the first of June. Obviously, obviously, people then went dashing back into the maelstrom with it, uh, with mixed results. <laughs> 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 um, I, I. It took me quite a while to actually get. My
8: head around how it works. Uh, did anybody else have trouble with? Well, working out no, what it it did. I know, I know what you mean, and I'm really curious for someone to remind me how the mining one works because what what threw me was you you kind of hold the trigger down and it does its,
9: ping, you
8: know, it's, it, it does it, yeah. it does its pulse, but then you kind of have to keep the trigger held down until it kind of completes and um, the things it's found kind of stick that that was my that was my impression like if you, if you just did the ping and then let go uh-huh. then it the the things it highlighted didn't seem to stay highlighted you know the, the effect didn't seem to stick it yeah. felt like it had to, but but the mining one i can't think how it worked but it didn't work like that it worked no you know the mining
7: one it, it sends a, a kind of a big sort of submarine type pulse like a proper
8: big ping and then everything but you still that's press p- and hold the mining one, don't you? Is it the other no, way around? Does it does it go ping at the end of the press and hold or No, okay. I, I
7: normally it's it's just a ping I just click it and ping right, off okay. it goes for the mining okay. one. Okay, so that,
8: the press and hold is odd.
7: Actually it's it's not because it's more like scanning a scanning a megaship. When you actually scan a megaship and you see the megaship uh, all
3: yeah, I suppose so.
7: Glow. yeah okay only, only this one glows green surprisingly enough it's
1: like a strange weird hybrid of all three mm. kind of kind of thing because it does that and then it does something else and then the thing moves together um and the first time i used it i couldn't find anything as well i couldn't i literally couldn't see any of the little green and uh, the yes. things that were highlighted green until i then realized that's what i was looking for so i don't think it's like super easy
7: no no, I must admit, So the first time, <laughs> actually the first time I used it is on on Twitch anyway, so everybody can see how my massive amount of is going, I, I don't know what I'm looking for. Um, but there were a couple of things in there that, that surprised me. Um, one of which was what looks like a port, which was glowing green, but nothing seemed to interact with it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm there thinking, oh, perhaps that's where we might,
8: Head in at some point. Yeah, I I thought that was really odd because because all the other things that it highlights, Mm -hmm. the highlight is quite precise. You know, so if you've if you've already been over the surface of the Titan pre this scanner picking picking its various scabs off for want of a better analogy,
1: barnacle uh, fishing.
8: Indeed, you know then then those things are quite small and you can find them without this. Um, and this sort of puts these little fairly precise little green circles around these things, and what's really odd is that there are there are hot there are things you can um uh kind of abrasion blaster off near the launch tubes yes, but it doesn't highlight those instead what it does is it highlights the entire damn launch tube like a massive great go in here sign except, <laughs> yes except you can't. <laughs> Oh well, one thing
7: I did notice is that if someone else has got there first, they don't regenerate. If they if they've gone and knocked those those um, pimples off, if you like, and collected right. those, they don't regenerate. Because um, there was a couple of there are, are spoiler alert the stuff around the mall, and obviously the person who got in there first had managed to get them. Burst, and when I went in there and scanned, couldn't see a thing, couldn't find anything, and that was—I could find other things around the place, but no, no luck getting the stuff that I was really looking for. But it did give me a a lot of close-up encounters. And I definitely felt like I was. Oh, how shall I put this? Um, in Star Trek Voyager, there there was a, an episode where they followed Seven of Nine before she turned into a Borg with her family, and they they had developed these kind of shields, and they were so that they were not detected by the Borg. So they were just basically flying next to a cube just observing what the Borg were doing, knowing that at any moment the Borg could turn and find them and and basically that would be them. And I just got the same kind of vibes with this.
1: You feel like you're you're just completely intruding in this space.
7: Yeah. You just think, I shouldn't be here, really.
1: There's, There's never a moment where you're like, I am comfortable in this space, and I love that. Absolutely love that.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it is mesmerising to watch. You, you see all the Thargoid vessels come and go. You can see the the glades and the scouts being launched from various parts. And uh, yeah, I was I was shocked enough to see the uh, the, the the blue pumpkin effect that you were you're on about for the first time. That is phenomenal.
9: Mm-hmm.
7: Unfortunately. Did you trigger it, or did somebody else in your instance trigger it? Someone else in my instance triggered it twice somehow and uh, first time I was outside just admiring the the the, uh, the effect, and then second time <laughs> I was stuck right in the center of it trying to get um, one of those hardened Titan samples off, and then all of a sudden there's blue auras all around me, and I'm going, I'm going to die. <laughs> it was really good, though. Really enjoyed it. So, yeah, the Pulse Wave Scanner, Um, yeah, I'm definitely trying to... Uh, uh, I, st- I still feel like I haven't discovered everything I need to discover. Um, and I'm trying to avoid watching other people's YouTubes, because I don't want to be spoiled.
8: I think I've got um, all the mats. Well, I haven't got a fleet carrier, so I haven't got anywhere to store these tissue samples. So, although I got some, and all I could really do with them was sell them. So, uh, I've got all the mats... I think, mm-hmm. I think I'm done. I feel like I'm done. I mean, I, I, not that I don't want to go in again because it's such an awesome environment, but I, I feel like for now, am not sure I've got anything else to discover in there. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. It's one of those moments where you
7: want more, but you know that it's if you get more,
8: there won't be as much later on. Yeah. To... yeah. <laughs> I'm just fascinated by those um, launch tubes being so... Specifically highlighted,
7: but mm, I'm
8: yeah, too much into it. I don't know. Yeah, but I
7: got obsessed. Don't worry about it, Alec. I got obsessed by those the uh, doors in other uh, guardian sites, which I sh- yeah. I'm sure I could see through. Yeah. Into, uh, but of course, nothing. Honestly, I thought I was onto a unique winner there, but no, everybody else had tried that before me. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, this Monday. The emperor's ire. This was um, uh, Emperor Arisa's response to, let's just say, that upstart starting to cause drama.
1: Hey, which... hey! And another thing, where the emperor is like trying to, re- empire is trying to remind people that they exist.
7: <laughs> yeah, I like the fact they said, "No, we're not talking to either the alliance or the uh, uh, the federation. No, we're not. We're completely isolated from them." But we are talking to Aegis because they weren't in existence by the time when we, we put this down. <laughs> A nice little loophole, I thought.
1: And and also, Ashling came to me for you, and now Ashling came to me for Aegis. So I've got to be good to from both. I've got to like keep um, passing to um, Ashling, and like Ashling's just in the background updating her, her Instagram account.
7: <laughs> Space Instagram, whatever that is. Space Instagram. Uh, Space <laughs> Right. Uh, well, like I said, not that much news this week. Uh, I think everybody has been more interested in actually discovering what's a, what extra stuff we can find in the maelstrom. Oh, right. no <laughs> I think uh, it's that time of the week again.
9: Score a lot! newsletter. Here come paint jobs for your arts. In the and bi-weekly
7: back we have something from the 70s <laughs> the orca has been given a 70s groove like paint job which <laughs> oh, i was bringing back horrible flashbacks of my mum's curtains to be honest um yeah anybody interested in some orca curtains
1: no nope. No, but what they could do, what they could do is look at that. Look at count how many stripes are coming out the back of that. that we have got three and three and then one in the middle. Don't mm-hmm. need to worry about the one in the middle. Just say three on one side <laughs> can be red, <laughs> orange and yellow. <laughs> and the other ones <laughs> could be green, blue and purple. And I don't know, but that, that might make a, a rainbow and that might do something.
8: If only we bad. could mix and match our paint jobs, you could make your own pride flag.
1: If only there was any sort of representation in
8: the living room. Have we seen these paint jobs before on another ship? Because I vividly yes, remember a conversation about pyjamas last yes. time we showed these.
1: Yeah, pajamas. yeah, yeah, we
8: like, have. Okay. Or was it the dolphin?
1: We've had it on, we've had one on um, the Cobra, I believe. Mm-hmm. There's one where it actually does look like the, um, like the carpet from The Shining as well somewhere.
8: Oh yeah, that was it, yeah. Oh,
7: man. <laughs> I must admit, I've, I saw The Shining not so long back and then watched the Ready Player One version of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize how, honestly, how shot for shot Steven Spielberg managed to do it. It was Unbelievable! Have you I seen mean, Doctor
2: Sleep as well, Colin?
7: No, I haven't seen Doctor Sleep yet. That's that's They're all. That's one, of my, that's one on my list, which uh, is the is the uh, is it the official sequel to it? Yeah,
2: pretty much.
7: Yeah. yeah, I thought so. I couldn't remember whether it was actually official. Yeah, because it was based on a book because Stephen King wrote it, or whether or not it was. No, Stephen
2: King wrote it as a sequel for The
7: Shining. All oh, right. Gotcha. Yeah, right, there,
2: but then again, a lot of his books have a lot of crossover. So, but yeah, this is this is definitely sequel.
7: Yeah. So, yes, um, if you would like your orca with stripes from the decade that taste forgot, then yeah, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> so, what we're gonna do? is Take a a short a slight break. Uh, and then we'll be back with our main discussion and our guest uh, looking and analyzing the Thargoid situation.
1: There's bargains, bargains, bargains at Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium haven't just been slicing carcasses, but also slicing their prices. All unspecified meat sausages, now two for the price of what? A pack of assorted meat steaks, now with 50% more meat at half the price. How about chops? Our surprising meat chops, now also 50% off. And introducing our massive meat hamper, it's a family of four. No. No, no, that should say feeds a family of four, right?
0: Stick to the script, Claire. It says it's a family of four.
1: Okay, I'll stick to the script.
0: Yeah, you do
5: that.
1: It's a family of four. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. Find us in the Lave Business Directory or visit us next to the station mortuary. Etienne Dawn's Unspecified Meat Emporium. You'll wonder how our prices are so low.
5: This is Lave Radio. Radio LaveRadio.com Space is vast, and pirates have needs just like anyone else. Introducing the Lonely Pirate Handbook, the ultimate resource for lonely pirates. Our guide covers the hot spots and not spots of interstellar space, from smugglers' dens to space station taverns, with helpful chapters such as how to be presentable in polite society. How to get rid of that nefarious rank. And my favorite, occasionally shower. Are your early advances often mistaken for attempts to rob or plunder?
1: Oh, I've come a long way for what's in your hold. Prepare to be boarded. Frameshoot charge detected. Oh.
5: Buy today and receive the Lonely Pirates chat-up guide for free. I've got a very large heart point would you like to see my very large hard point you're so hot you're making my temperature critical
10: lower your shields i want to inspect the goods
5: come back to my place
2: i might let you touch my a-rated anaconda are you
5: smuggling illegal goods because you got fine written all over you the lonely pirate's handbook now available in all Anarchy bookstores. We'll teach you to loot anyone's heart. And
7: welcome back. Uh <laughs> I'm sorry. I think every time you hear the lonely uh the lonely pirates' handbook, you're just there thinking, I'm sure that we could come
8: up with some better lines.
1: No, we definitely <laughs> couldn't. We thought about it for a really long time. I'm sorry, that was the best that we had.
8: They're pretty good. They're pretty good.
7: Ah <laughs> uh, dear. Right. Um, well, the main discussion this time, we will drag in our guest, who's been very, very quiet today. Uh, Ian, uh, welcome along.
4: Hello.
7: Hello. Um, now, just uh, to let people know who you, exactly you are, you have a, an ongoing thread on the forums, which everybody has referred to as um, the go-to place to find out what's happening with the Thargoid War.
4: Well, um... one of...
8: One of, (laughs) yeah, one of the places. One of the places. Um, I think it's certainly the one that has the most, or feels like it has the most scientific approach. Um, (laughs) I I loved how, I mean, I I really loved how the forums thread started off with lots of blanks. You know, there was this fantastic statement Mm -hmm. in the OP about this happens and then this happens and all these things were blank and then over time you've been slowly filling in the blanks. (laughs) So that was a really nice way to do it.
4: Yeah, yeah. I've tried to, I've tried to take a fairly scientific approach to it, um, which it can be a bit demoralising at times because it's really easy to prove a theory wrong. <laughs> M- most of, most of what it's been feeling like for most of <laughs> most of the time, it's been alright, is this the explanation? Yeah, so that, that and that and that. Oh no. Nope, 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 yeah, nope, It only no.
8: takes one exception, doesn't it, to break the rule, and then you're back to, we're well, not back to square one, but it must feel like that sometimes.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was the same when the Star gods were coming, and we were trying to work out where they were going and so on, and I can tell you 50 places they aren't going, they're not going to Seoul, but are not going to actually, I'm not going to anywhere that seems remotely interesting. They've basically shown up by the time we figured out where they were actually going. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it, it's live on a lot sometimes.
7: <laughs> well, the one thing that uh, always, I've always worried, I wondered is, did we ever find the origin points of where the, the Stargoids came from? Because I know they all came from different directions. They didn't come from one particular place, did they?
4: Yeah, they're, they're all spread out, and most of them are kind of on the same side, of then all the way out on the other side, and then it kind of had to do a very sharp turn to get back to the side of the bubble the others were on. So I don't know what that was up to. As far as where they came from, it's space. really hard. To space, yeah. It
1: came from space. I, co- I, cracked it. I cracked your code. <laughs> Buffins back here.
4: I'm sorry, to be No, No, I mean, to be honest, that's about as far as we've got. <laughs> um, be- because if you track their paths, if you assume that we... Sp- didn't see them and been underway for a while. In yeah. fact that paths back, those paths don't point anywhere interesting either. You know, most of them, they just go on for a bit and then it goes straight out of the galaxy or something like that. So it's, it's entirely plausible that the reason we saw them coming from where they are is because they're a giant, swirly thing in space that's really obvious once it starts moving. Yeah. They've been hiding out in some anonymous system for however long. And when we decided that we needed to be over here, they got up and loudly came over here. Now, right. now that might mean there are a few uh, million more of them scattered around the galaxy, just quietly killing in in, in stellar space, not doing very much. Or very there might true. be just these eight of them, and just really no way to tell.
7: Yeah, I've I've got a horrible feeling that. I, I think there's going to be more than eight for the whole third uh, race.
8: I um, think another wave's coming.
7: I think if we if we if by some miracle we manage to deal with them, then yes, I think I think we might be facing sixteen, not eight.
1: Can I can I ask? I'd like to just go on a complete go to complete tangent, Townie, and say um, I first just dis- discovered your post when I was like first learning the BGS and doing bits along those lines and saw your big BGS study post about like the current theories and all of those kind of things. Um And I know that you've done the, the Colonia survey and there's other things that you definitely have your hand in that you're keeping notes and you're keeping track of. I'd like to ask a very like open wide question. When do you play? <laughs> and what do you do when you play?
4: Oh, so, so I mean, I, I find that actually doing the research is one of the things which keeps me playing, because... Mm-hmm, yeah, absolutely, I completely appreciate you, you that. Get, you, you get the data. Um, I mean, to be honest, I, have, I haven't I have changed much how I play since, the, since I was playing Frontier Elite 2 back in the 90s. Um, you know, I, I pick up some cargo, I take it somewhere, maybe some missions gonna going that way. Um, and then I sell it, and I pick up some more and go to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, Lately, if, you know, I see a planet with some exo-biosignals, I'll drop in on that and scan those for a bit of variety, but mainly it's just the same fade missions, there's another pirate (laughs) after the cargo. I can relate to
8: that. It can be a very leisurely game, can't it, actually, and it's quite nice just to retaple it last week, you know, just replaying those leisurely game loops that that you enjoy playing, actually.
4: Yeah, and it it means it means like I try kind of get around the region, and see stuff that's different, see if anything's changed. And I mean, colonia has been quiet fairly recently, but you pick up on stuff pretty quick just because you're going from place to place. and You're not going like right A to B to A to B to A. It, it that, I mean, that actually, limits the number of missions I do because most missions require you to go back to where you got the mission to hand it in. So. Oh, I'm not going to be back for
8: another week. Yeah, that's very g- true. G-
4: Giving me to go for
8: her health. Uh, I've got another question, actually, if I can chip in with a, a question for Ian. So um, I think we might have been off air, but um, I was sort of talking about the Titans, and, and, and you pointed out that you're currently 22,000 light years away from all the action. <laughs> I, I, I was intrigued, actually. Have you? So you're obviously sort of out exploring. Um, how, how long have you been out? that far?
4: So I moved out to Colonia shortly after it was established with the Galactic Nebula because I was on the Galactic Nebula expedition which was heading from the Bubble to Sagay down the, of the Western Nebula um, right. and shortly after the pla- basic plans were being put in place for the expedition Dax got discovered, um, pretty close to where we were going anyway. So th- there was a bit of tweaking. We went went to the newly founded Colonial Hub station for some drinks. And then it, we got lucky that while we were there, there was a big mining CG to set up some more stuff and a bunking outposts, and it just really caught my attention as... A place that's a bit different to the bubble, and essentially, I've been there since. Um, you know, I've I've taken a occasional trip here and there. I've
8: what I find absolutely fascinating Uh, about that is that one of the foremost thinkers and analysts on the Thargoid situation presumably hasn't encountered one because you've been, you know, a a long way away from, from the Thargoid action pretty much since they. Turned up,
4: yeah, indeed. I when I when I left for bubble, um, oh, let's see. So, barnacles had shown up because I, you know, I've seen a barnacle, yeah,
8: yeah, they've been in a few years they've
4: been and a while, <laughs> um, but I, th- I think I basically left before anything much after that came came along.
8: What would you do if you if you were back in the bubble now and you wanted you know, what what would be the first thing, you know, and, and you had um you had any ship you wanted, what would be the first thing that you would actually go and go and investigate for yourself?
4: Um I'd probably go and get out some of the Guardian ruins, because we aren't many of those out this way either.
8: And... Yeah, yeah, of course. There is one towards Colonia, isn't there? I seem to remember when I did my Colonia expedition, there's a there's an odd um this is sort of slightly odd one out planet of with some guardian runes about halfway or a little it's bit about, more it's about
4: halfway which is still It's always just too far for a date <laughs> <laughs>
8: yeah i guess it is that's true
4: yeah so I, i'll probably go and check that out at some point but yeah it's it's one of those things where i, I did a brief visit back to the bubble for um uh a bit of engineering work back back before we had engineers of our own out here um and that was years ago as well and then the closest I've been since is when they had the uh research to give for Holloway. Um I went back most of the way to the bubble. Um and ha- having been out in Colonia for years, it's weird. It's so dark. How do you stand it? Do you not just tip <laughs> over? It overste-
1: it's so funny, because every time I go to Colonia, I'm like, it's so bright out here! <laughs>
8: <laughs> it is true. For, for anyone that hasn't been, you know, to Colonia or, or, or deep into the galactic core, the, the difference really is quite profound. We're so used to seeing a particular sky, I suppose, as, as we are in real life, that, um, that when the sky is just different, it, it's quite a profound effect.
4: And you've got Barnard's Luke just staring at you all the time. Does that not does keep you guys out?
8: Are you are you telling me that you're not creeped out
1: by the sky just being purple constantly?
4: I mean, at yes. least it's not looking at you being purple.
1: I mean, I mean, sometimes the space matters can get to you, and I'm not like.
7: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I've actually never um, I'm because I'm. Never been out to uh, Colonia. I've got two commanders, which are halfway there, but I'm (laughs) I'm stuck. Actually, I'm stuck doing a lot of uh, uh, exobiology myself. I've found uh, six worlds, all with seven or eight plants on them each. So it's taken quite a while to get past this one system. (laughs) um, Yeah. I mean, what is so special about Barnard's Loop? Because I've never seen it.
1: You have seen it. It's, you can see it from the bubble.
7: Yeah, I haven't seen it close up from um, Colonia, though.
1: You, you can't. That's what Ian was saying. He can't see it, which is why we should be worried about having a Barnard's loop staring at us.
7: Right. Okay. So I've got you the wrong end <laughs> Yeah, wrong end of the stick there. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So Colonia. Uh, I mean first of all when you've, you've looked at uh the thargoid situation in your opinion how screwed are we
4: it's it's very hard to tell i mean at the moment they're contained
7: they do seem to be yes
4: um their strategy is effective against certain human strategies but it can be countered and people are starting to learn how to counter it. Yeah. And it's it's not a quick one. You know, oh, no. It's, it's a patient strategy. If we left them to it, it would take them a while. But, but they would get there. And, and that's fine. You know, if they've it, been around for millions of years, they probably could afford to be patient.
7: Yes, yeah, so they, they certainly are um, and an enigma when it comes to this but one thing that I have enjoyed has been reading through the various strategies that or the, the speculation about where where or what they are doing and uh, yeah um, I mean things at the moment have plateaued, mm-hmm. I think that's mostly, do you think that's because Frontier have basically hangstrung the Uh, the maelstroms or is it because the community is actually cottoned on how to stop the alerts
4: i mean i think i think there's a bunch of separate things going on um they they have weakened them a bit from when they first showed up Mm -hmm. um which has made a difference but i think it's also been about kind of thinking a bit I mean, this is one of the nice things about the Thargood War. You you can think about it strategically. You can think about what where you need to defend, where you need to um go to make the most impact. Or you can just say, Well, that invasion looks fun being in a being with a bunch of guns, open fire, you'll still be doing some good.
9: Mm-hmm.
4: So it's kind of one of those things where you, you've got these various strategies that people have been have been trying out, it, effectively in different places. So you've got groups, uh, places like Tyrannis or Indra, who've been going very heavily on defending the inhabited systems and stopping the invasions and that sort of thing. Remember Rakata forever and that sort of thing.
9: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, at Oya, they went very early on blocking all the alerts consistently five out of five every week as soon as they could. And that that established a perimeter which they were then able to start reclaiming stuff outside it without interference.
7: All right. took totally
4: and then at Maelstrom had that and late more recently at others as well, they've been trying to get a step ahead of the Thargoids. Working out where to hit their control systems to stop them making that next step forwards, um, and so forcing them kind of into suboptimal moves.
7: Right. So when you, when you hit a Thargoid control system, does that have a negative impact about the number of alerts or the number of uh, invasions that happen in the next in the next week?
4: Not directly, no. The the over other than the weirdness I mentioned at the start of the episode, um, mm-hmm. the the gods will put out five alerts per maelstrom per week. There's, there is nothing, in fact, that can be done about it at this moment. Yeah. Though, in theory, there may be things and there, there is the weirdness. But but what you can do is think because we've got. We're getting a good idea of what the five words targeting priorities are. Mm-hmm. You can say, All right, if we block them from attacking this, they're going to attack this system from here. So if we take out their invasion, a yeah, they won't be able to attack that system. That'll move this system instead onto the top of their targeting priorities. And that one we don't care if we take, or that one will be easier to defend next week, or that's. So what's happened at Haddad is the defence team there has been doing this for quite some time now. Um, Basically, as soon as we were able to feed them accurate enough data for them to give it a go, and that has led to Haddad's territory becoming very egg-shaped.
7: Right, gotcha.
4: It's got got a narrow, pointy end towards Mm -hmm. a wider end, out back into deep space, where they're trying to get around the blockade the defenders have created, and that's led to them being hit very hard in recent weeks, and losing a lot of ground, because when the defenders have had a not having to worry so much about keeping them off the of populated systems directly, they're never getting close to them.
7: That sounds good. They're <laughs> not getting close to them. But, uh, yeah, it's... I mean I mean we all know that Frontier could probably just press a couple of buttons and then the entire thing just turns on its head again um, the, the main question I've got to ask is do you think they're going to do that
4: I mean I, I'm expecting I'm expecting some surprises still from the uh, yeah. I mean it, it's at it's a stake here where actually if if someone you know walks into office and says, Fargoids are out of fashion now," we're going to do um, keys at Colonia. Mm-hmm. Um, they could just leave the Fargoid War there in its current state, and it would work, and it would be entertaining, and so on. But it would be entertaining as kind of a, a dynamic stalemate. Yeah, there's a limit to how far. In practical terms the thagoroid can be pushed back um in in theory, it could be all the way, but I don't think there's enough pilots to do it no. um, and there's a limit how in fact again fact, to how far they can get out because their expansion there's a lot of systems that expansion, so people are going to keep fighting them at least somewhat. So they could leave it there, but with all the stuff with the maelstroms and getting close to them, I, I think was more common.
8: <laughs> yeah. Um Alec. Yeah, uh, uh, Ian's comment about pushing them back just reminded me of something I'd forgotten actually. This this is going way back um in a live stream. I think it was a comment Arthur made or, or maybe even Bruce. And and they were talking about the opposite, about the the expansion of the, the sort of star god invasion from the eight maelstrom systems and how they they kind of got weaker as they expanded further i, I, don't, I don't know if the evidence and the numbers kind of backs that up but, but the idea the thinking was that as they got further away from their control points they, they were essentially weaker and would slow down uh, and and the i don't know if they explicitly said this but the opposite seemed fairly obvious to me that as you pushed them back in towards the maelstroms they would They would get stronger and it kind of left me thinking maybe you know maybe that's it's quite neat people enjoy the thargoid content so in a way we don't want to eradicate them from the galaxy because then all that lovely content has gone and new players or or people that like playing it well (laughs) wouldn't wouldn't have maelstroms and things to go into um and that seems like quite a nice balance mechanism that as you you push it back in it gets harder so so essentially if if players are keen on fighting Thargoids then we we get to push them inwards and if we relax then it comes outwards but slows down. I dunno if you sort of agree with that, Ian, if you feel like that's how it would go and
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely that's how it is. There's been some interesting research done this week, but I uh by one of the teams on the, first, first on the forum about how exactly how that those curves kind of work and yeah there's a big ramp up in how tough f- the systems are once you get close to it's been 20 light years to them right neat and then it flattens off and it's pretty much flatter not quite flat but pretty much flat after 30 light years and then the other thing of course is that it's space so expansion's cubic mm. getting to f- 40 light years is eight times as many systems ich, as getting to 20 light years. So that also slows them down a lot. Uh, so yeah, there'll be, there'll be a balance point somewhere. Where Yeah, and not, and not only that, but, but, but the, there's a
8: balance point almost irregardless of how many players decide to get involved in it. You know, if, if there's, people are really keen on it, it'll reach a balance point. But equally, if people slack off and start doing other things that will presumably also reach a balance point, I guess. Yeah,
4: definitely. Yeah.
8: You've got uh, a question.
1: I do. The question that I I was, I was thinking of like, um, you've been, you've been monitoring this for, for since the beginning, effectively. Um, and we we talked about Frontier, like changing the goalposts and things along those lines. Um, have you noticed any... Well, change, I say changing the goal, goalposts. Changing, like, particular values and things that Thargoids do. I haven't been paying super attention to the ins and outs of everything that goes on. But have you noticed, like, a, surrepti- a couple of maybe surreptitious times when they've moved some sliders up and down outside of announcing it?
4: Um... I mean, usually there's been an announcement, but it's not necessarily been an announcement that would let you know what it meant. Um, and there have been some subtle changes over, as well. Um, difficulty subtle changes per system, yeah, there's been a bit of that here and there, sometimes announced, sometimes not. A um, couple of more interesting changes. Up until about mid-February, the Fargoids were expanding in kind of a banking pattern, but we're getting... Fair distances out from maelstrom fairly quickly and then in february that changed, and they seemed to focus very much more on building a solid defensive shell around its mm-hmm. maelstrom and that that was never announced as a strategy change or anything by frontier it just showed up retrospectively in the data a couple of months later that yeah something changed at that point and we don't know why
1: Fantastic. Follow up question. Is there any time where you've been like, I'm certain that the Thargoids are absolutely going to do this 100%, and then you've had the rug swept from under you?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so at the moment, we can predict with often 100% accuracy what the Thargoids targeting imp- is going to be. But there's been some weird cases where it, and, and that works, you know, most, most weeks we get every, nowadays we get every maelstrom. Hang on as to which system it's going to go for. But there's occasional weeks where it just goes very weird. I'm, I'm expecting, actually, that at Maelstrom 4 this week, something weird's going to happen.
9: Ooh. Uh, I'm, I'm going to need
1: to know exactly what that is.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, explaining this is good. It quickly, it's going to be tricky. We, we have an idea of the 5 targeting priority, and normally they pick the top five on the priority list and attack them, but they can reach given human defence, and attack them each week. When Haddad had its episode of only putting out four alerts, mm-hmm. there was a particular system it skipped as its fifth one. And when was a, that was at priority five in the list, it just didn't attack that system. And in the third week, of it do not do four alerts, that system would have been priority two. And it mm-hmm. just went, it, it did skip it, but it just went haywire hey, up the rest of the priority list. It skipped 3, four, five, eight, nine, 11 as well. It was very weird, and we have no idea what it was doing. So, when Ford did four systems this week, I asked one of the research teams, um, and they agreed to basically, okay, four skipped this system as fifth last week. Let's make about its first system this week. And they we did a phenomenal amount of clearance around the four maelstrom. So that would be the first system on the list. So I am I'm watching with interest to see what happens on Thursday.
1: <laughs> just, a, just to confirm your assumption that everything's going to go a bit weird.
4: Well, I mean, pretty much, I have no idea what's going to happen. Incredible. I love that. Even, even if it attacks for five top targets. That would also be a bit weird since, why didn't it attack one of those last week? Hmm. It could have. It normally would have. Why didn't it? So yeah, there's still stuff we do not know about what they're up to. That's fantastic.
8: I love that. It's it's not just that there are certain systems that are somehow immune, is it? From Frontier's perspective, you know, maybe there's a player faction in there and they just don't want, I don't know, whether the Frontier are just pushing it away from certain systems because reasons.
4: It, it could be that this there is a particular system that it, it is not allowed to go into, and if it tries to go into that system, it not only prevents it from going into that system, but potentially messes up its future targeting as well. That, that is a possibility. Right. But the system that set this off in Haddad and the system that set this off in Thor appear to have nothing at all... Of interest in them. They're uninhabited. They're just random systems with no apparent stuff in them. So if it is that, why?
8: (laughs) Yeah, actually, a follow-up question. I'm just curious. Are, Are there any systems which, by all accounts, should have been invaded but haven't?
4: Um it's very hard to tell part because the cargo's changed the strategy in February as I said and we didn't. Yeah. We never figured out what the strategy was before that point and we didn't get a good idea of what we were doing recently in, until recently they don't appear to have I, they seem to have gone for the ones we would expect them to in retrospect there doesn't appear to be anywhere they're avoiding but Interesting. there might be I mean, yeah. I mean there, are, there are certainly inhabited systems that they can't, in theory, speak, because they can only project their power 10 light years from an existing control system. And there are some inhabited systems where the nearest other star is slightly more than 10 light years away. Oh, I see. So if they want those systems, they're going to have to do something a bit more creative, like move the maelstrom to it. Mm-hmm. But, but other than that, they probably can, at least in theory, get anywhere.
7: Excellent. Um, right, Ben, last question.
2: Right, I'm just wondering, you know, when when all this is being tied up, how would you like the Thargoid War to actually end? And obviously this is
4: total speculation. Oh. Um, I really have no idea. Um, I, I I think as long as it doesn't end with kind of and then the maelstroms went away again and everything went back to how it was before. I woke up and it was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I just... not, not quite that. But, <laughs> but you know, if, if it doesn't somehow shake up the bubble more than just a little bit of it was on fire once.
9: Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, that, That'd be a disappointment. Anything else, you know, I'm just waiting to see what happens on that.
1: You want a definitive win or lose?
4: Um... <sighs>
7: I I think I'd actually prefer a little stalemate, to be honest.
4: That's so dissatisfying.
7: (laughs) It's it's, it's a mostly win, but there's still a little bit. There's just at least one... It's like half a shit,
2: Colin! (laughs) It's like half a shit
4: I I think it needs a definitive outcome. I I would prefer that not to be a clear-cut someone wins.
1: It's a frenzy maker on the way? Well, not necessarily. <laughs> but but I, I go I back off
4: bec- but but that's because something else has happened. Or like just because we kept on it the event came out of glaives.
1: I think that might be our question of the week.
7: Mm. That may be that might, a, that might be a good one to run wave. with. Well okay. Well, thanks, Ian. That has been fascinating to talk to you about that because uh uh <laughs> I didn't realise it was so in the tactics they were using, so in depth. But uh, um, it's always nice to, to to have you on. I think um, when we we're we we're a couple of months further down the line and we see what they're up to, we're going to have to have you back in for some some more in depth analysis. Um, right, That'll the most, fair, Thank you. are quite. You're quite welcome. Uh, right, mostly clueless section. Um, you've got a quick public service announcement, Alec, about the system map thing.
8: Oh, sorry, yes. Um, yeah, a few weeks back I said that the day night indication of planets in the system map was 180 degrees reversed and you could therefore use that to find um, settlements that were in daylight, for example. I have to report that it largely works. I mean, mm-hmm. definitely. And 50 percent it feels like a sort of 80 percent of the time you go to the system map and it shows a settlement in the night side so you go there and it's in the daylight lovely but it's not 100 percent um one of the guys here that's been doing a lot of the buckyball i think it's william has a an interesting theory that that, that maybe the light source that's used for the bodies in the system map isn't the main star that it's something slightly odd like sagittarius a what he's observed is that planets that are on opposite sides of the star in the same system have have sort of different correlation between how the light shade appears in the system map and how it appears in actually in the game so um yeah so i slightly take back my my brilliant mostly clues a few weeks ago you can mostly use it to decide day night but it, it's not 100% reliable there's there's more to it more, more to it than you thought yeah it's a pity that because i was i was there beginning to use that as gospel as well um it's good right. enough, it's it's good enough. But about just occasionally eight. you you end up with one in the dark hey hey <laughs>
7: Right, um, any other business? Well, I've got a little bit. Um, for those of you that like old-school D&D, uh, very old-school D&D, um, Planescape Torment, the old uh, the special edition which had been remastered for modern machines, uh, that is now available for free if you've got Amazon Prime. If you've got Amazon Prime Gaming, then uh, feel free to download a free copy of it and... Uh, um, it's 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 before uh, the modern RPGs turned up. Uh, it was regarded as one of the the most complex story-based ones there is. And uh, yeah, so uh, if you haven't got a copy of it, give it a try. And but word of warning, it's not your standard D and D. It's a bit weird, <laughs> especially when we're talking about moist body insides and things like that. Trust me, it's, yeah. Uh, and also there's the new system, Shock Out, as well, which is absolutely amazing. Are but, the tentacles? Uh, well, in Planescape Torment, yeah. you can basically snap tentacles off and use them to hit other people with them.
2: Cool!
9: Sounds yeah. great!
7: Yeah. Um, it's like it.
1: Hey, fam. um, You know, um, I might might have gone a little bit mental with regard to um, Pride skins and it being Pride Month, but, you know, representation is important. Um, Planet Zoo came out with some Pride merch, and it's really cool, and it's really awesome, but why the fuck haven't Elite Dangerous done anything? Um, If you wouldn't mind interacting with the tweet that's in the show notes um, and um, and big it up, that would be really great. Um, Hopefully, Frontier might take notice. Um, Please. Thank
7: you. Excellent. Um, yeah, so we've, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, and it's also, you can see that in the, the, the Twitch chat at the moment. Uh, right, there, there was going to be the question of the week, but unfortunately I think we've run out of, of time. Uh, what we'll do is we'll take all your responses and we'll hold them. So we'll, we'll be responding to two questions of the week next week.
1: That will be um, that will be like the whole show.
7: <laughs> main, main topic questions week to exactly. Main topic unless unless they love drop it. another patch, <laughs> we'll won't. be getting point three. <laughs> we never knew. We never knew point two was coming on Thursday.
1: Look, as much as I'd love Frontier to work on a weekly basis to knock out updates, And um, that's a pipe dream. <laughs>
7: Yeah, I know. Right, anyway, quickly, our shout-outs. Our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio. It broadcasts on a Thursday from 8.30. You can tune in at twitch.tv, Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. Com. For the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, you can check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC And we'll give shout-outs to the other two Elite Dangerous podcasts, uh, and that's Guard Frequency, who do other space games as well. Uh, and also the cheese-loving Loose Screws over there in, in Yankland. Um, now, following this, we have the latest Digest news at uh, the latest Galnet News Digest. Good grief, i my words wrong again. As provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. And we'd like to also thank everybody who's chipped in at the Twitch chat. And what in-game commanders have you had to deal with today?
2: Uh, there's been a lot, but a lot of biggins, the only one I've really sort of waved at. Um, but there's been a bunch of folks around uh, let me dig them up. Let me dig them up. So, okay, who have we got? We've got uh, Commander Jekyll, Black Knight, Seven Six Zero Seven, Rocky Star, Jinx Effect, Bush rats Magic Monkey, uh, JT Siberius, Chris uh, Chris Mark Four's been about, uh, Marco Remius, Hunter Two Four One, Snappo, uh, William Solo's here. I've already said Little Begin. Uh, yeah, thank. Oh, and Phil Crane.
7: But, and of course special thanks goes uh, to Commanders Tokuso, JN Trax and Alan Stroud who all created music used in this show uh, so that is it for another episode of Live Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with the show you can find the contact links in the home slash contacts, contact us menu section of the LiveRadio.com website if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in the future please let us know now, live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to Ian. Uh, good to be here. Excellent. Uh, thanks to Sackett.
1: Well, I, I probably won't be as mad next week. I'm just really incensed.
7: <laughs> yeah, the, the big beating up stick will be gone you away. Got,
1: you guys really <laughs> piss me
2: off sometimes.
7: She's <laughs> oh, no, no. got the cyst stick out. Oh, no. let's go. <laughs>
2: I thought uh, you were the one who was cis, Colin. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Sorry. Right,
8: <laughs> Alec Turner. Thank you. Yes, thanks, Colin, and uh, and thanks, Ian. One of the uh, one of the clearest thinkers on the forum. And of course, fuck
7: you, Ben.
2: <laughs> fuck you too, <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
7: So, uh, we'll also put in some special thanks to today's tech specialist, Commander Ventura. You're welcome. (laughs) You're trying to do a Chris, aren't you? (laughs) Uh, So, until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
6: cyclone
2: space is be looming i'm
7: going to see the galaxy
2: See you,
6: Digest, 6th of June 3309. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we tell you things about the Pulse Wave Xeno Scanner you probably already knew, and we reveal the astonishing truth that the Emperor doesn't take well to being contradicted. You can
10: get Aegis's new Pulsewave Xenoscanner right now for less than 1 million credits, and you won't need to supply any squishy lumps of Thargoid flesh. But there's a very strong suspicion that at least one of its uses will be to collect your very own Thargoid tissue samples. The PulseWave Xeno scanner is a hybrid amalgam of the PulseWave Analyzer, used by miners to find void opals and low temperature diamonds, and the Xeno scanner, which is used to scan Thargoid ships and identify bits of them to shoot research limpets or Gauss cannons at. Occupying only one utility slot, the new scanner can identify points of interest on a Thargoid Titan, and it can also scan Thargoid vessels, though at a reduced range of 1km. Small numbers of prototype scanners were for a short time sold in error last week. Aegis has ensured that those who weren't able to get one of those prototypes will not lose out by making the scanner available at all the rescue ships for a little over 800,000 credits, and no need to negotiate materials with the tech broker. To get to the Titans, which are in the heart of the eight Maelstroms, you will still need to unlock and buy a Caustic Sink Launcher and a Thargoid Pulse Neutraliser, and they both require a trip to the Tech Broker. Once you have your Pulsewave Xeno Scanner and your Caustic Sink Launcher and your Thargoid Pulse neutralizer, if you also take research limpets, collector limpets, and a mining abrasion blaster, and probably also a heat sink launcher into the Maelstrom, and if you can keep your ship cool, and unobtrusive, you can use the scanner to find materials that you can scrape off the Titan with the abrasion blaster. And you can also find tissue limpet points which you can fire research limpets at. After some considerable time, during which Thargoids will almost inevitably start shooting at you, you will find yourself the proud owner of a squidgy lump of Titan flesh, and with the problem of escaping from the maelstrom with the tissue sample intact. Professor Alba Tezro, the head of Aegis, is keen to discover all we can about the Titans. She believes that researching the Titans will help us understand the Thargoids better, and that this is the only way we'll be able to end the interspecies war that is currently raging. Aegis has not yet put out a call for field research teams to return materials and tissue samples from the Titans, but such a call is likely to come soon those who helped Aegis set up the production line for Pulsewave Xeno Scanners can get their free 800,000 credit module from Muller Terminal in
6: the Raab system. Hadrian Duval has earned the Emperor's displeasure. But she not going to declare him an enemy of the Empire. At least, not if he keeps his mouth shut the Emperor made her feelings clear as she toured a military complex in Achenar. Clearly feeling the need to justify her position, she emphasised that the Empire's support for Aegis is an exception to the Empire's isolation from the Federation and Alliance, a policy that otherwise remains in force. Imperial technological advances will benefit only the Empire, and the tiny fraction of Imperial military spending that goes to Aegis will in no way compromise the Empire's military capabilities. The Emperor reminded Hadrian that she showed him clemency when he chose to abandon Nova Imperium and the plot to overthrow the Emperor. This was partly in response to the pleadings of Princess Ashling, upon whom Hadrian has now turned. The Emperor suggested that if Hadrian could manage the difficult task of keeping his personal views to himself, she would continue to treat him as a loyal ally. From her words, it is clear that Hadrian's card is marked, and that any further deviation from absolute and unflinching support may well result in a small reduction in the number of Duval family members, most particularly in the Paresa system.